Conversation with Tommy Weber. Pro and college baseball coach Tommy Weber brings you cutting-edge interviews and thought-provoking commentary in a weekly podcast dedicated to baseball, sports, current events, and the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and TommyWeberBaseball.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TommyWeberBaseball. It's time to get the conversation started, so here's your host, Tommy Weber. From the Gotham Podcast Studio in the heart of downtown New York City, my hometown, Tribeca, the greatest city in the world, this is The Conversation with Tommy Weber. Moving us in here was Freddie Mercury and Queen with an appropriate song, We Are the Champions, because today's guest is certainly the newly minted champion of the Cape Cod League. Don Snedden is a Santa Ana College three-time state champion, 16-time conference champion, 16-time conference managed coach of the year. He's a Hall of Fame member. And in 2014, he managed the Modesto Nuts, the A-club in the Colorado Rockies organization. Welcome to the show, Don Snedden. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, Don, uh, you guys pretty much went through uh, those playoffs rather efficiently. Uh, I have to ask with such a storied career that you've had in this game, where does the championship rank for you? Well, you know, it's, uh, this is different only that in college you have the same guys for nine months and you, you don't get to change. So this one here, I mean, you're, you're uh, changing players constantly. So you never have an idea of how good your team is or how bad it is because we had to bring in six players here in the last week before this comp for this championship. So, this one's more of a surprise because you just don't know. Um, so it was exciting from that standpoint that you're putting guys out there you haven't seen play. Uh, it's like, you know, where I told you I'm in Vegas now, it's like putting money on red or black. I mean, mm-hmm. You just you have a 50-50 chance. Yeah, the new, uh, the 21st century Cape Cod League is almost two seasons and two rosters, as anybody who's been in it knows now. Uh, it in no way resembles what it used to be. Uh, some teams actually delay taking players because they know that down the stretch, they're going to be in need of guys. And for you to say that you had to pick up six guys, uh, speak yeah. to us about how exactly you mine players at such a late date. Well, let me just go back one thing. I, I don't disagree with the only on this. I think it's three seasons um, and, and three teams. And that's your team that you bring into the place. Uh, then you get rated by Team USA or whatever it might be, kids withdrawn. So then you got to go back to the drawing board and fill in with temp players. Then with the temp players coming in, then your position players, your normal players come in uh, and they mock, you know, wipe out the temp players. And then finally you have the end of the season where your position players or pitchers that you did get go home for various reasons. So it's actually, to me, it's, it's a three, three-prong approach on this. Yeah, I agree. And so we, and on the last part of that, to answer your question on that, I mean, you you have to go out and find these people because you're going to be possibly in a nine-game tournament uh, and play it in nine days. That's exactly and what we did so, in 2017. Exactly right. And and that's just a burden. It's a, it's something that, you know, you don't you can't prepare for because your staff is not made to play games like that. Right, and you have no idea of predicting the future. Who's going to get hurt, whether it's hurt in quotations or hurt in reality, uh, and we all know what that means. Right. Um, right. Uh, you, you have right. no way of predicting 
uh, how you what your roster is going to look like come playoff time. Plus, you have a new entry into this is that's the advisors. You know, yep. uh, we yep. had players that were pulled back from advisors, not even the coach <laughs> or not even a grandmother dying. You know, uh, I had one player had three grandmas dying the same year. Here. I mean, it's just a tough year for him. You know, so he had to go back. So, yeah, that comes into play. So it's even more challenging with that. So you're you're doing a nationwide search, you know, just to find guys to field the team. Yeah, I, I, I know the feeling. Um, we're going to get back to that, obviously. Um, okay. Uh, I, you are going out on top. You have, um, resigned as the manager of the Wareham, uh, Gateman. Um, what baseball wise, if anything, uh, is next for you? Is there anything on your baseball bucket list that, uh, that you want to do? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I never say never anymore because, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And, the only reason I even got out of this ride that I was currently in was from, from family reasons that I felt obligated to, to take care of that. And uh, so unfortunately that decision was made prior to the season, you know, or the playoffs and everything else. And it's a tough one. You, you like to continue with that. So I'm not out of baseball per se. I'd never close the door on that. Still got a lot of energy left in me and I've stayed in good shape through BP every day. You know, so um, I just will, I, I don't know where it's going to take me. I'm, I'm sure it'll be somewhere. I've had some offers, some, you know, doing some volunteer work with some colleges around where I live and all that stuff. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, right now, definitely will not be at the, in the Cape next year. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the Wareham franchise. For those who don't know, Wareham is just off the Cape. It's it's a little unique. Yeah. Um, right. talk to us about, uh, how it all came together for you this season, uh, perhaps some turning points in the year and what the Wareham organization, some of the, the positive things that you took from the experience at Wareham. Well, first of all, they got, in my opinion, they got the best GM in the case in Andrew Lang. Uh, Andrew understands the game. He's not just a businessman that was thrown into this. He has a little background in baseball. Uh, he gets it. I've had this was my third year with him and we fine tuned the approach that we were going to take this year. Uh, and we worked great as a team. So, uh, that championship was really, you know, it was a 50, 50 proposition. Definitely couldn't have done it without him and his commitment to doing this thing of moving players in and out. Because as you know, I mean, housing, yep. uh, and, and putting guys in, you have limited beds. I mean, it's a, it's a real difficult thing to do something that, no coach in the Cape likes doing, but it's part of the culture that comes with that. So Wareham, you know, is like you say, it's the, the team off the Cape. So you got to get a positive spin on that because nobody wants to play on dirt that happens to be made out of, uh, you know, they call it stone dust. Right. Uh, so it's a gray material for those that have seen that. And so they're leery about it. But bottom line, we turn that into a positive and say it's the best dirt around. And it is actually because it doesn't harden up like the brick dust during the year. So you got to deal with that. Being off the Cape, you know, you, then you don't have to deal with the traffic, but you have longer bus rides. So it's all a trade-off type of thing, but the organization was great. Uh, the commitment to the kids, the host families, and it just made a great deal. We put in a community service program where the kids went out and you know, read to, you know, school children. And uh, we also integrated into adult, uh, going by adult centers and just going and talking to uh, the elderly and they love that and the kids love that. So 
uh, it's a full-on commitment. I wanted them to give something back to the community. Uh, and the kids embrace that. At first, they say, like, wait a minute, I can't do this. It's right. tough. But by the end, they, they really enjoyed that. So uh, I think they got the full experience, in my opinion. And they worked some camps. You know, they were able to do that. So um, it, was, it was a good experience. We just tried to promote that, you know, and, and, and let them know that we have tradition and hopefully you'll learn some things. And, you know, it, uh, it worked out fairly well for us, obviously, this year. Well, from the outside looking in, in my three years of going to Wareham, um, it, it looks to me like you've got this right. Uh, certainly from a marketing standpoint, uh, you're always selling great gear. Uh, the people who are there. Uh, always have a smile on their face. It's always a pleasure to go there. And it looks to me, and this is probably where I really want my question, you, you speak to your players. The feedback you get from your players, do they feel like I see them, which is they're well taken care of? Do they feel that and do they voice that to you? Well, and, and that's a great question because um, as I know, you and I have talked about being an advocate for the players because they don't have that. They don't have a voice. Uh, their voice is usually represented by, as we mentioned, uh, a head coach yep. or an assistant that's in that, yep. advisors or pro baseball. So they really don't, they just hear. Uh, when you recruit, this is very unique and might be interesting to your, your fans here. I don't even talk to the players like you would in college. You talk to the coaches right. only and they send you the players. I know. So it's based pure on recommendations. So you don't have a relationship with these players. Now, once they say they're coming here, the coach says they're coming here, then you call and talk to them and try to establish that relationship. But it's very unique. I mean, it, in college, that's how you get kids is because you establish a relationship with them. Here, it isn't the case. So you got to deal with that right away. But at Wareham, I mean, the the people there were sincere. They, and I said, I got to give Andrew credit and all of his crews with that. I know everybody has uniqueness in that. You know, you go to Chatham, beautiful place, mm -hmm. you know, high end. Yep. And Wareham's got the, you know, quote, uh, low end, not on the Cape type of team. But once you get there, you realize that it's sort of a, a special place. You know, we have our own little locker room. We had our own little weight room, even though it's not great, but it's right there on our, quote, campus. Um, and uh, the commitment uh, from the people to make sure, like you said, the right gear, the right equipment and everything else is all there. And they... They, they really cared about the players all the way from housing uh, to the GM, to the president and everybody else, head of security. Uh, it, it made them feel at home. So I think you're right on with that. That's, that's something, but understand this. They don't know that coming into that. No, they don't. I mean, you have to establish that. They have no idea. Well, it shows, it shows. And, and that was my impression. And that was yeah. the impression of a lot of people that I speak to. And that certainly is not a universal yeah. theme throughout the league. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read something. All right, and then I'm going to get your reaction. Okay. On uh, August 25th, in the Old Colony Memorial, which is a Plymouth-based newspaper up in the Cape, um, there was an article written, and the, the title of the article is, Things are good, but they could be better. Manager of the Cape Cod Champs say leagues has issues that need to be addressed. And I just want to read a couple of things to you. It's, this is a quote. Okay. It's up to the administration of the league to make sure that uh, making some changes or this league will see hard times, in my opinion. And this is the important line. I really, I, I really identified with this. If we don't take care of the players, the colleges will stop sending us those players. When that happens, the pro scouts will stop showing up. And then what will we have? Just another league. Speak to that. Right. That's a powerful statement. Well, 
and not a statement that people, I, I must yeah. commend you. I have to say, I admire you for the courage of your convictions, for speaking your mind, because not enough of us do that. Well, let me first say that this is my opinion, not Warren's opinion. I'm not speaking for the organization, not because I'm not going back, but it's my opinion anyway. I, now, where my opinions come from could be from people in our organization, from players, from mm -hmm. other coaches that maybe just haven't expressed it. But maybe it's my old age or whatever it might be. You know, I just, I, I've seen this happen before. I coached in Alaska and watched that league deteriorate from being the best league, even better in the Cape, yep. to now just another league and probably not even in the top 10. And they didn't do the right things and they didn't take care of the players. They didn't, and then the players stopped coming and the scouts, the scouts stopped coming. And then when that starts happening, then, you know, coaches and scouts and their people, other places, the Cape has great tradition. I don't, I don't pretend to be an expert on the Cape at all. This is only my third year there, but I have coached for a long time and I do talk to a lot of scouts, cross checkers, national supervisors, um, uh, talk to the, the players themselves and four-year coaches to help gather the information to basically develop an opinion of what needs to be done with this. And it was a proposal I proposed of getting a committee of at least three to four top division one coaches together and ask them, Hey, what do you need from us? What can we do to make this a better experience? So you'll send us your best players that you won't hold back, you know, your top pitchers or your right. top players. So that started this conversation. And the more I talked to the players, the more I realized that there needs to be changes. Uh, we just can't stay status quo. And I'm happy to report, I'm not at liberty to say what, but they did have a meeting last night and there are some changes uh, okay. that you'll see. I don't know when they'll announce that, but you'll see them and they're significant, but not enough. So, um, so what do you think, what do you think is at play? Because this, this fascinates me. It really does because yeah. the league yeah. has such incredible resources. The, the, the player pool yeah. from which they get right. to select is immense. The product on the field is, let's face it, you know, we've, we've both been around a long time. You see something great every night. These are the top of the food chain. Yeah. They're the best players on the planet at this level. What is it that prevents them or makes them decide not to, in your words, take care of the players? Well, tradition is number one. You, you have tradition and people by nature are afraid of change. They're scared of change. Uh, if you ever have a chance to read people, if you haven't read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? is a great book. And it's all about change and how to do that. And it's a very simple book. You can read it in less than 45 minutes, but it really brings out that as creatures, in this case, it happened to be mice, we're afraid of change, you know, because they're not sure of what the future holds. I think the league has some of that. They've had such great tradition, they are afraid of change. Problem with that is, as you'll see if you read that book, is that you can't stay the same because life doesn't stay the same. The only constant and, is change. Uh, it's constantly changing. And so you got to massage this thing. And the Cape has to do that. Uh, you can't go back the way it was 15 years ago. So the big thing for me, and I did it, you know, get in trouble for saying all this thing, but, and I get it like in any business, whatever, it's all about the money. And 
um, show me the money. So any change that could keep the organizations from making money are vetoed right away. My response to that is then let's find other ways to generate money. I'll give you a great example. We played in a championship game. We were not televised. I know. Neither will we. That's a, that's a crime. That's a shame. Oh that's God. an absolute shame. When I'm watching ESPN uh, televise the Cornhole Championship, <laughs> um, I, I get a little bit disturbed that you can't tell me that somebody out there doesn't want to see the best amateur players uh, in the nation, a league that just gave them the one, two, and four pick or whatever it was. No doubt. Uh, in the nation. No doubt. Uh, play baseball? I, I can't buy that. They're starving and, for content. They are starving for content. Oh, and it's cheap and now. It's quality. never been cheaper. It's never been cheaper yeah, to produce. Right. No. And the answer I got on that was, well, they want us to pay for it. They want us, meaning the Cape League, to pay for this coverage. And I'm sorry, I don't believe that. I, I think we get the right people, the right marketing person, a person that really knows what's going on. And there are some people with that. I've been approached with that that can almost guarantee they can get coverage right there generates probably more revenue than what we might make in the whole uh, playoff structure without having it. So you can double that. So it eases the ease, the process of making these decisions because no longer is money, the main issue. And reality is I get it. You got to pay the bills. You got to pay for you. I get all that. But the other reality is you aren't going to have any of those bills because you're not going to have the players or the scouts there if you don't do some other change. And the reality That's too, reality. and the reality too is that although you're concerned about a couple of games and the money that you're going to be making in those couple of games, you you leave on the table tons of revenue because you're not in the 21st century right. with respect to technology. No. Nobody has online stores. You should have an online presence unlike any others because you have a national scope and a national audience. And as you know, when that player said, when you tell a player he's going to the Cape, it's like he's in the big leagues. He's going to want him, his girlfriend, his mother, his father, his aunt, his uncle, his grandparents. Everybody's going to buy something. Yet, you have to really try hard to buy gear. I mean, if we're not going to take that step, we're always going to be beholden to playing more games. You're absolutely right. And there's so much ways to make revenue that, again, money should not be the problem. And I guarantee you, if those were explored and we brought in more money, the decision process would be a lot easier and there would be more changes that would be player friendly. But right now, again, the players are not the main issue, which they should be. It's paying the bills and doing this. So uh, we already mentioned, let's talk real quickly on the playoff structure. There's no way that we should be having nine games, possibly nine games, which nine days. last year uh, in that, that time frame, and uh, also be the victim of weather and everything else. The league was so lucky this year that oh. we won in two games, two games. Certainly two games. were. I might still be there right now. You bet. You no bet. Plan. You bet. And, and, we, and they yeah. gave up. The Friday after the league ends is a mandatory off yeah. day. I don't, you know, with weather yeah. coming and people wanting to go home, yeah. you have to play yeah. the next day. You can't afford to give up days. No, you can't give up dates and you have to be innovative and be willing to make changes according to the weather that may not be ordinary. But you know what? You know, you need a drop dead date. Absolutely. You need to know that by the 14th that I could honestly, which I thought there was one this year, uh, and told my players and their coaches, the 13th is the last possible day, no matter what happens, that they will be here in the Cape. So you can book your plane fare on the 14th to save money. You can go on the family vacation, whatever. 
It will not go past that. And that didn't happen this year. I mean, we could have been going longer and longer and longer. And luckily for them, we pulled them out by winning the series in uh, six games. Right. As efficiently as you could possibly. If you had a replic- if you replicated last year, you could have gone another two weeks. Literally, with the mm-hmm. rain and off, it, yeah. it would have been a complete well, disaster. A quick example, you know, we happened to win that. We had to drive all the way back, as you're aware of, to play the fog game. Yes. And play a four-inning game down there. If we would have lost that game, we would have had to come back and play that night at Wareham. Well, the problem with that is it rained the whole time. We would not have played that game. So we would have had to come back the next night. And there was some issues with that, too. So you're absolutely right. You're, you you got to be able to give them a date. you got to be able to have the playoffs maybe not so inclusive, where you got to have everybody playing double elimination things. But why do they do that? For money. The gates. They want the gate. Yes. Yes, yeah. and and food and whatever, and I I wonder what that money really yeah. is. I'd like to know what that is re- re- relative to the entire budget and your well, entire revenue stream. And I I'll tell you one thing: Chatham came out smelling like a rose, and theirs because they got two gates and only played one game. One game. So right, they got a full game the night before, and then we come back and play in the morning, and they had another good crowd. So they got a, a double gate out of that. And again, I get it. I really do. I'm a businessman like everybody else, but bottom line is we got to find a way that we're not putting our players at risk and make it so it's interesting and build the hype up and get it so we can get televised so the players want to stay. You can't tell me a player didn't want to stay if he knows he's going to be on national TV. Exactly. Well, well, that, that, that speaks to another point I try to make and, and it falls on deaf ears an awful lot and it doesn't make you very popular, but it's something that I have to say is that you have to stop imposing upon players what it is you wish they wanted and start providing them with what yeah. you know they yeah. want. I, I, I teach at St. John's. at my yeah. first class today, and yeah. I said to my class, in this day and age, if you're thinking the way you did five years ago, you're a dinosaur. You cannot afford to be thinking the way you did 25 years ago because things, people, players change. And if you don't adapt, yeah. you die. A hundred percent. You better be innovative. And I, I'm a dinosaur, but I'm at least, I know that if, and I recognize that, but in order to stay competitive, I have to bring in some of the younger exactly. dinosaurs, if you will, so that I am concurrent. So I can even relate to my players and know of what course. Twitter is or this and this of and this. Of course. And not just turn it, you know, my back on that and think, oh, it's not important. Well, it is. And uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. And we better be innovative. We better be proactive uh, in this league. Or again, I, I can, again, guarantee that it's going to fall. And, and this may be ideological. This may be somewhat uh, Peter Panish. But the reality is we, we are entrusted with the well-being and the best interest of these outstanding people and players. We owe right. them. We owe them adapting to what their needs are and not shoving down their throat what we think they should get because we're old Orioles and, you know, we walk 13 miles to school each way uphill, you know, 25 years. Please, please. That is so tired. That turns kids off and that turns kids away from you. It doesn't attract kids to you. Yeah. You, you hit it again. Your points are well taken, in my opinion, is that we can't dictate what players should do or what professional baseball should do or what division one coaches should do, we are at their mercy, whether we like it or not. Exactly. And 
Division one obviously is the backbone of this league. Not saying Division two doesn't give us good players and everything else, but we know that's why we get all the scouts and the scouting directors and everybody else there is because of that quality. And again, I'm not trying to beat this into the ground, but if we don't cater to that, we don't understand that, like finishing earlier so they can get back to class. We finished on the 13th, and I had players that had their flight on the 14th and had to start class right after them. So did we. So, you know, it, it does not, it just is not conducive to that. And we could have done something to massage that to make sure that, again, they have a week or so at least so they can get back to class and that. And that's reality. You know, it's not the old days. And you've talked about that. In the old days, the World, the College World Series was earlier. Oh, my God. And, and school started later. There's no problem. Right, right. But they changed. So guess who's got to change to go along with it? The tape. You're listening to The Conversation with Tommy Weber. We'll be right back. This episode of The Conversation with Tommy Weber is brought to you by 4momalz.com. Join the fight against Alzheimer's and support our good friends, Hunter and Braden Bishop, as they bring awareness to a struggle that many families face through their charity, 4mom. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at hashtag 4mom. And for all your mortgage needs, call Northern Security Capital Corp., the New York area's most dedicated mortgage broker. If you're buying or refinancing a home, there's only one place to go. Call Northern Security Capital Corp. today at 718-273-1010. And now, back to the show. Okay, let's let's shift gears a little bit, a little bit, because we've made enough enemies here tonight, but who, who cares? If you don't have any enemies, then you probably have no friends. So you speak, you use a word that I do a lot uh, on my website, TommyWeberBaseball.com. If you go, you'll see, you know, coach, all that stuff. But I, I've always been, I call myself a player advocate. Um, and I take yeah. that very, very seriously. I, I, yeah. I, I've said this many times. It doesn't make any friend. I, I'm, I don't care about the umpires, the leagues, the officials, the GMs, and who. I, my concern is my players, um, and I make that very clear to them. And I see that through, and I, I try to have as a, a relationship as deep and as long as I possibly can because it's very fruitful. And I don't know why you'd be in this business if you were a player adversary. Uh, I want to be a player advocate, and I, I make no bones about that. Talk to me about your use of that word, advocacy. Well, if if you ever want to give me a compliment, that's what it would be. He's a player's coach. You know, he uh, amen. He advocates for his players. Amen. And to me, that's what I'm about. And uh, when I see what's going on, you know, I'm concerned about that. And not that we have to meet every need. Sure, there's there's some maybe things that can't happen that maybe players would like to have, uh, not happen, but for the most part, uh, they're the ones that we should be concerned with in here. And we need to make sure that they're being taken care of the best way. You've used a great analogy is they're on loan to me. And I take it very personally. I get them for maybe eight weeks, nine weeks, some less than that. And then I got to ship them back to a coach who's making a career, his life is based on how well he does uh, at his job. Yep. And if I take his best player and I take him back injured or take him back uh, with some some other issues, then I've not done my job. Now, I know players getting injured, that's part of this thing. We all get that. Um, but for the most part, 
I just want to make sure they come back a better player, a better citizen, uh, mentally and physically. And that next year that coach will send me another player because he saw the benefits from what's going on in our program. And I think for the most part that's happened. And that's why we've been able to attract some quality players. You know, in business, they say you can't spend enough for goodwill. And what you're doing in that approach is you are engendering goodwill. You're engendering the kind of thing that's going to have guys come back. That's going to have guys go back to LSU, UCLA, USC, wherever it is they come from, Arizona State, and say, you know what? That where I'm experienced, they take care of me. They really, what more could you want than Don's a really good guy and he takes care of us. That is your greatest advertisement. Well, again, uh, that's exactly what I, I'm saying. For me, when I go to the National Coaches Convention, the best compliment I get is when I come up and see John Savage from UCLA and he goes, hey, you know what? Coaches really had a good time. Our players did. Uh, they're better. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to have them come out and play for it. I mean, that's what I'm in the game for. Surely not the money, coaching. That's, that's for sure. sure. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> we all know that. Oh my it's god! Not riding on the yellow school buses. Oh my god! You know, uh, with your legs uh, put up <laughs> into your face. So uh, it, it's all about the relationship with players and the calls I've gotten back. You know, from players congratulating us, or you know, guys that only played halfway you know, but still feel like a part of this whole thing. I I told them it's a lifetime of memories and relationships that you will have until the day you die. And my relationships with them only for two months, I will have some of those. There'll be players that I'll get invited to their wedding. Um, I don't know if I'll ever, unfortunately, I hope none of them die before I do, but if I did, I didn't invite it to their funeral, you know? Um, and, And that's what coaching is about. So, even if it's for two months. So I, I think you're exactly right. It's about relationships and trusting them and having the coaches send you another player or two the next year, then you know you're doing something right. Hey, Don, aren't we lucky? Yeah, no doubt. We are. No doubt. You're right. You're absolutely, yeah. I, I, believe me, it, it tugs at my heart to hear you yeah. speak because it really yeah. hits home. I couldn't agree more. We are, we are real lucky to be able to do what we do. Uh, and what we have been but, doing. So, and you got to think about the talent that we're getting to work with. Oh, my God. Uh, and trusted with. <laughs> I mean, they're just young, but they're the best. Oh, my the God. Best. And, and to be able to mold them. I was in pro ball, and, and you didn't get a chance to mold them. Even at that time, they already were more selfish. They were all about themselves. Right. And you didn't really get a chance to coach. You it's a different vibe. Relationships. It's a whole different. It's a business. Yep. 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 And college baseball shouldn't be like that. And summer baseball definitely shouldn't be like that. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Let me ask you a question. Who did you love in the Cape? Not who did you love? I'm not going to ask you to, to pick where I'm guys, because it's like trying to yeah. pick your favorite kid, but a yeah. uh, couple yeah. of three guys that you said, wow, this kid's different. Well, I'm going to start with one Shinton for us. Austin Shinton was just a phenomenal person. Had a phenomenal year offensively. Yep. Uh, just loved the game uh, from day one. Joy to being around him. Special bond with him. Uh, quality citizen. And that's, again, those are the guys that keep you in the game along with that. And then there's guys like my UCLA guys when you get their items was in there and Kreidler and, and Garcia. Those guys were the backbone of our club that, came out every day, enjoyed it, had a smile on their face, worked their tail end off, 
and love to be out there to compete. And you see that, you know, you see that on other teams, but you only get to see them maybe four times right, right. or six times and they could be gone. Yep, and yep. I know when we get together, there's kids that are that same thing. Um, I'll just share one with you. Um, when we went and played uh, Chatham at the end in there, uh, we had their, uh, I'm just going to mess up on his name here, their big first baseman outfielder that uh, played for us last year from USC. Oh. And hit her and come <sighs> back to me in a minute in here. Yeah, I know. Anyway, Sobel? Sobel. Yeah, Sable. Sable. Yeah. Sable. So, <sighs> yeah, Sable. Thank you. Thank you. That, uh, Sometimes my, my mind is like a computer, you know, that little thing that spins until it finds the answer. It comes around a bit. Join the club. But it, yeah. So anyway, the neat thing about that was that, you know, there was still the hugs in between the games. We played each other because we had a relationship with him last year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. followed him. And even though we didn't bring him back, you know, it, it's still there. He's still very sure. grateful, quality person, had a great year for them. I was very happy about that. And, uh, I was also very happy he didn't have a good last game series against him. So I thank him for that too. So, um, but, uh, you know, he, he, and that's what it's about. And, and I had some of that, again, you get to know these kids a little bit, you know, from uh, other teams, not a lot because you don't have a lot of connection with right. them, but whether it's the all-star game or things like that, you know, it's still, they're very outgoing quality people. And, you know, again, it, it's, it's fun to see them develop, it's fun to see them go on and play professional baseball and get to the bigs or whatever, knowing that maybe you had something to do with that or you knew that kid when he was a freshman and playing in the Cape. Yeah, it's a feeling that's hard to replicate in anything else you do in your life. It really is uh, no a, a great thing. No and uh, I, I could. Proud papa. That's yeah, thing yeah, you really, you really are. It's, it's uh, you know, yeah. when these guys refer to you as a brother or you know, a father figure, or, I mean, you, you've, you've heard it all. It's, it's just really something that, that stops me in my tracks every, it never gets old, never. Um, And it doesn't, and and any other thing as a coach, which is again, I take that and a teacher, you know, and, and I like to use the word as a teacher more than even a coach, because, um, you know, we are teaching this youth and the relationships that we have with these guys. When, like I said, I mentioned earlier as a coach, slice teacher uh when they bring their kids back to your field to introduce you saying this is the man that had turned me around wow that got me going my life and you're like wait a minute we just were playing baseball but yep. we're not just playing baseball yeah and so that'll happen with these guys i and even in pro ball and teams that i had i'm still constantly talking to players that i was assistant coach with and where i'm two years ago that's you know, great call it, hey, coach i got drafted thanks a lot yep. you know that's what this is about. It's, oh yeah. Again, it, it's, it's, it's fun. And that's what keeps you going back every year. Yep. Yep. Well, you, you, you do it as well as anybody and you certainly did it the best this year. Um, we're going to change pace yeah. here. We're going to have a little fun and then we're going to let you go and take that 25 bucks and turn it yeah. into <laughs> no bucks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no bucks. Exactly right. That's going to happen in a football game here pretty soon. So, All right. So we're going to play quick pitch. Kelly Nicholson, he was my last guest. Yeah. He played. Yeah. All right. No competition uh-huh. here, but there's always a competition, as we know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'm just going to throw some stuff out there, and you're going to give me your reaction. You ready? Yep. Here we go. What's the last show you binged watched? I just watched that Goliath. Okay. 
on uh, Netflix. Just finished it last. I uh, was out in the desert and watched it for two days solid. Worth watching? Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, all, yeah. I'm all over that. What's your favorite yeah. food? Favorite food? Yep. Uh, well, you know, I'm a plain Jane. If I could take a pill and not eat, that's what I would do. Uh, I'm, <laughs> that's I'm why you're in such great shape. You're being friends. Yeah. So I, I'm not one of those people that's a gourmet guy in that. So I eat to just stay in shape and I try to eat right and all that. So you give me a good hamburger. I'm, I'm fine with life. I don't need anything else. I got gotcha. you. So I got gotcha. you. I could appreciate pretty that. Plain Jane. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, let's say you couldn't do what you're doing now. It's, it's outlawed. You have to do something else. What would that be? Yeah. Uh, I would have been a firefighter probably. Oh, wow. Uh, that's my second job is I work with firefighters. I help them just like I do uh, players with their mental game, preparing them for that, and also police, public wow. safety personnel. That's fascinating. So, as a coach, you carry that over and you hopefully help them sure. make good decisions and uh, stay calm and don't panic uh, and stay in shape. So, uh, that was something that I enjoyed doing and probably might do that in this next year again and just continue on with that. Wow, it's great work, man. Great work. Um, you get three dinner guests, no one that you're related to, living or deceased. Pick them. Yeah. Well, I, I would want the people that influence my life the most, and that would be Wally Kincaid, who was a community college coach. That, to me, is a John Wooden of baseball. Wow. He spread... The, the brand of baseball to probably more of us than anybody on the West coast. And now it's on the East coast and he's passed away. Unfortunately, Augie Greedo, who just passed away. Yep. You know, I played for Augie. I was Augie's first recruit. Wow. And, uh, we just barely got time at the end to really reconnect before his unfortunate uh, passing of that. And then the final one was Ken Revisa, uh, oh, wow. who's a sports psychologist who just passed away this summer too. And, uh, probably brought the mental game into baseball, which I'm big into, uh, into a way that all of us can understand it, you know, in a very simplified approach. Wow. And if I could have those three people at my table, I would be in heaven. And that's probably where they all are right now. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. So, yeah. you know, I, I just want to take one more second because you, you touched on something. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to give you the last question that I ask on uh, quick yeah. pitch after this, because this is something I'm really into now. I believe players have never been bigger, stronger, you know, cared for, whatever. More resources are spent on them and they have video and there's a, an expert on every corner. But I really believe their self-esteem has never been lower. And I, and I think this, I, I, the reason I think this is that this is the first generation of player who has literally been ushered throughout his entire playing career. He's done literally... I don't think our guys could choose up sides. I don't think they could make up a game if they had to. And I really believe the next frontier, I really do, is mental health with athletes. And I don't mean just motivation. I mean mental health. Yeah. Ta doubt. Do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. And, and that's the one thing that, you know, you don't have a lot of time to do the mechanic things and everything else. And plus, I wouldn't do it because I'm just borrowing players. Right, right. Make some small changes. But the mental part is you do have time to do that. And that's if the reason somebody had to pinpoint why we had success. I think it's because of our mental approach, this whole thing of how we help them deal with the pressures of championship games and prepare them for that from day one, you know, on how to play that game and giving them that information and having them run with that and practice that all season long. And 
as a coach, you can't feel any more excitement is when you see them win six championship things and they do it the right way right. on ways that you taught them. Uh, again, it's a proud Papa thing. And it, it has to be a part of this. It has to be a part of their growth. And I agree. There's something called entitlement. And I think players feel that, you know, I'm John Smith from this college. Right. I'm entitled to play every day. Yep, yep, yep. The only problem I had this year was two players that played every day for their teams and didn't play every day for us. And it ended up being a problem. And I had to explain to them that that's not why you, that's not why you're here. That everybody here plays every single day. Right. You know? And so you have to teach them that whole thing. And it, it's a tough thing. And they just felt entitled. Well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm so-and-so and I, I play every day. Yep. You know, you yep. know? that's called life. Yeah. Hard so thing for them to deal with. with that mentally. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And if you, if you don't deal with that, uh, it's because probably you're afraid of it. You don't know enough about it. And I would encourage all coaches to get as much training as they can into that, because that's, as you say, that's the direction the youth is going. And that's a direction that you're going to have to deal with because bigger, like you said, stronger, as much talent, they got so much information on their plate right Oof. now that I think it impedes them. Big in time. my opinion. Big time. You know, I'm surprised uh, more guys don't get hit in the face. Now. I'm surprised more guys don't get hit yeah. in the face. They're thinking about so much. I don't know how you could possibly respond to some guy throwing, well, you know, a 96 mile an hour cutter. I, I'll give you a very quick example to my, I prove this to my players. We had a simple test. I have a little bit of a, I'm an exercise physiologist, but uh, I had a very simple test. You have a light and a button. And when the light goes on, you lift your finger off the button, that measures reaction time. And then you go and hit the next button, that measures movement time. One light, okay? So you have that information. I put three lights up there. Now they have to choose the three. The reaction time slows down, movement time slows down. And why is that? Because there's more in the mind. Right. The mind's got to process that. And if they're processing the launch angle of their bat, oh, good. Uh, bat speed velocity, Ugh. it impedes the thing and they can't see ball, hit ball. So we have to break that down and, and try to say, okay, that's good stuff out there. But when it comes to the game, you can't do that. And uh, I, I think that's what you see so much is there's so much information that it's impeding their progress. Yeah, I, Yogi Berra was right. You can't think and hit at the same time. It's, it's really hard to do. Well, well said. Well said. I wish I would have said that. By, by a guy I mean, with you, by a guy with like a third yeah. grade education, and that's yeah, something I yeah. try to remind well, my players. You know, some great players were illiterate, literally. I mean, <laughs> well, remember the great thing about those guys is they're able to simplify information yep. that we may not be able to understand, and that's a skill. That's our job as coaches is to simplify the the information we're giving to them to the level that you're coaching so they can understand. Otherwise, it does no good, right? I, I couldn't Why agree do I more. Need to tell that guy what your launch angle is. Well, you know, unless he understands that and can make an adjustment, why does he need to know that? And so you got to simplify it. Say, well, swing up a little bit. Oh, I got it now. Why didn't you say that? Instead of telling me you have a 110 degree launch angle. Oh, boy. You're preaching, you are preaching yeah. to the proverbial quiet. Don, how do people find you? This is fascinating stuff. I really think this is a lot of valuable information. I'd love to, uh, do you have a website? Are you on Twitter? Where, where can we find you? Yeah, you know, again, I'm not, not doing much of that. Uh, if you're in Las Vegas, you can find me now. I'll be the guy not going to the winning, uh, to the window on that. So not cashing in your chips. In <laughs> yeah, you, you'll find me. I'll be the one sitting there with that whole thing. But, you know, my web, uh, my email, I, I'm always about spreading the word. I want to give back anything to the game. So 
Uh, they're more than happy to have any questions to send it to my email address, which is just my last name, Sneddon, S-N-E-D-D-O-N, underscore Don, D-O-N, at yahoo.com. And uh, I'd be more than happy to uh, start a communication with that. I'm real big in giving back to what the good Lord has given me and in, in passing that on. Well, um, I, I just can't tell you how, how privileged I am. Uh, I, I feel to have had you on, on, on this. It's really fabulous. You have an open invitation to, to come back anytime you want. Anytime you have something you want to talk yeah. about, you just give me an email and, and, and we will do a conversation with you. I have one last quick pitch question. Well, let me interrupt you real quick. You might want to call back after you hear about the changes that are going to happen. There you go. So there are some changes that, you are, that I think you will uh, like. And then maybe we might have a conversation about that. Sometime. You got that. Here's the last question. Okay. When you, yeah. get, to, when you get to the pearly gates... And St. Peter's there. Yeah. What do you hope yeah. he says to you? What do I hope to? I'm sorry. What do you hope? What do you hope he says to you? Oh, well, I mean, first of all, I know, hope he knows who I am uh, so I can get in. That's, 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 it's that's not a mistake. Said. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, who's, what's this guy doing here? He should have been on the door on the left. So I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm walking with uh, open arms as I trust I will be with that. But, you know, for me is, uh, it's all about the people I've worked with and, and given that back. And so I'm just hoping that, you know, the thanks would be for, you know, working with people and helping them, you know, reach some of their goals at a very small level. I'm not making millionaires and all that stuff, but when you have an impact, and like I say, and we've talked about that, when you have an impact on the players and their kids and everything else like that, I mean, that, that's why we're there. Money can't buy that. And uh, that's why I'm here trying to make some money because I'm, <laughs> well, um, I, I hope you hit it big, but I know this much. You've already hit it big. After hearing this conversation, um, I knew, uh, you know, I, I knew you were a good guy and I knew you, obviously yeah. that you knew what you were doing, but, um, this has really been a revelation for me. I can't tell you how thankful I am to have had you on the show. And, um, it's always, always fun to talk like this. Well, you're, you're a great baseball guy and, uh, you're a credit to the game, and I just want to wish you well and in all your future endeavors. And if there's anything that uh, you ever want to chat about, we will be talking again soon. That is the great. 2018 Cape Cod League champion manager, Don Snedden. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Be well. Thanks for listening to The Conversation with Tommy Weber. Have any thoughts on today's episode? Ideas for a new one? Join the conversation on Twitter at Tommy Weber B-Ball or Instagram at Tommy Weber Baseball and share your thoughts. Tommy's back next week with a new episode of The Conversation. Subscribe and listen for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And of course, always at TommyWeberBaseball.com. Come.